a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for listening today to Let's Get Moving. Today we're going to talk about treating your weekends like a vacation and really using your time optimally. And with me today is Cassie Holmes. She's a professor of marketing and behavioral decision making at the UCLA Anderson School of Management and author of Happier Hour, How to Beat Distraction, Expand Your Time and Focus on What Matters Most. Cassie, let's start out and first talk about why is it important for us to be taking vacations? Yeah, It is important for us to be taking vacations because research shows that it is associated with greater happiness. Um, We analyzed data from the Gallup survey, and we found that um, folks who prioritize time for vacation um, report being happier in their days. They report less stress in their days, and they report greater life satisfaction. And what's also interesting is you see that there is work that shows that even though folks think that taking vacation is sort of pulling you away from your work, um, what it shows is actually by taking vacation, it makes people feel more engaged in their work upon return. It increases job satisfaction. And job satisfaction is a significant predictor of overall life satisfaction. What's also interesting, even though there are these benefits, and also in addition, um, taking vacation, vacation increases creativity and increases sense of social connection. Um, but despite all these benefits, um, Americans, we are very bad at taking vacation. We're actually one of the sort of only industrialized country that doesn't have legally mandated paid vacation. And not only do we get less vacation, we don't take it when it's uh, sort of given to us. Um, More than half of Americans don't take all of their paid vacation days. Um, So it is important for folks to to prioritize this. And also in looking at why is it that folks don't take vacation, um, it's expensive, right? It, but requires money. Um, but also, folks, um, it requires additional time, and people feel very busy. I do a lot of research that's looking at um, people's experience of time poverty. So, not financial poverty, but feeling a sense that we don't have enough time to do all that we set out to do. And sometimes, because of that, we feel like we can't take those additional days off and away from work. Um, because we just feel too time stressed. So I definitely am guilty of all of those things. But (laughs) so today, probably my biggest question for you, although I just got back from vacation, is how do we think about vacations differently? I mean, how can we make our weekend actually act as a vacation? Yeah, and that actually leads into um, our research, which I think is such a helpful thing. And um, And what we were noting is like, okay, vacations, taking those breaks are so important, um, but there are these barriers. Um, But then we were noting that every week 
we actually do have breaks, two days off in the uh, as the weekend. But for some reason, those weekends don't feel like the breaks that they could be and should be. And so we were wondering, okay, how can we actually help people make more of this time off to get that sense of sort of rejuvenation so that when they return to work on Monday, that they have that increased um, engagement. And we ran experiments among fully employed Americans who generally get weekends off. And on a Friday, leading into a regular weekend, we assigned half of them. We gave them a simple set of instructions, treat the weekend like a vacation. We told the other half, treat the weekend like a regular weekend. And then on Monday, we reconnected with all the participants. And what we found was that those whom we had instructed to treat the weekend like a vacation were significantly happier when they returned to work on Monday. And not only that, they enjoyed the weekend more compared to treating it like a regular weekend. And so then the question is, why did they spend their time differently? And we saw in the data that there were sort of slight differences in how people spend time. So those who were treating the weekend like a vacation did do a little bit less housework. They did a little bit less work on the weekend. They stayed in bed a little bit longer cuddling um, and they uh, spent more time dining. So sort of like a vacation, right? But what was interesting is that it wasn't those shifts in how people spent their time that really drove the effect on happiness. It was actually in their mindset. So what we found was that those who treated the weekend like a vacation were more present. They were more engaged in the here and now over the course of the weekend. um, And that made them enjoy the time more and then return to work happier. And then the question is like, Why is that, right? And what it seems is that what vacation means to folks is this break away from the routine, all this doing, you know, like throughout the work week, we are in doing mode, we're getting stuff done, checking things off of our list. And what's interesting is that that doing mode carries over into the weekend, where you know, you are, again, checking stuff off your list. And sometimes it's household chores that you're catching up on. But even social activities, which have sort of like turn into these things that we're getting through in order to check them off the list. But by treating the weekend like a vacation, it shifts us from doing mode into being. But it gives us a break just to settle in and be in the moment And so even those activities like that, you know, taking your kid to a soccer game, um, which in a regular weekend sort of feels like a chore. It's something that you're sort of schlepping everyone there and getting through. And um, whereas if you're treating it like a vacation, then it feels very different. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know, here we are outside, um, you know, watching your kid play play a sport and surrounded by um, other people, which is much more enjoyable. So I'll just say that there's something about this vacation mindset of giving ourselves the break, breaking out of the routine of constantly doing so that we can enjoy and be in this time off and return to work happier. So we are creatures of habit. 
So how do we now adjust our way of thinking and create new habits and mainly just being present in those things that we really should be enjoying more? Yeah. And it is as simple as the labeling of treating that time, that weekend, like a vacation. And it's like nudging us out of the routine, the regular routine of weekend. It's nudging us actually out of the habit of it because what routines and habits are very helpful in is it makes us not think (laughs) and be sort of focused on what we are doing. It helps us sort of get through those behaviors without too much additional thought. But um, by drawing our attention into that time, making us more engaged during it, then we are happier. And we, and there's a lot of research that actually shows that, that we tend to be distracted and our mind is wandering somewhere else almost half the time, 47% of the time. Um, but if your weekend is actually full of activities, doing, you know, doing the things that you enjoy with the people whom you love, family and friends, Uh, We don't want to be distracted during that time. We don't want to be moving through it and checking these items off of our list, right? What we want to do is pay attention, settle into the moment, and enjoy that time. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to... Give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I know uh, a few years back, my son was having some problems, and I found myself, no matter what I was doing, I was worrying about him. But yeah. And I realized, okay, I'm not enjoying my other son. I'm not enjoying his football games. I don't even know. I didn't even see that last play, right, because I was so distracted with what was going on. But I learned that once I just would live in the present, it kind of de-stressed, de-escalated uh, my anxiety. And just I could enjoy the younger son so much more if I wasn't just in this constant fear or, you know, anxiety mode. Yeah. And that is actually very true. And then in a lot of my work where I I research time and happiness and how should we be um, investing our time so that we feel greater joy in our days and so we feel greater satisfaction um, in our lives. And so much of it, some of it is about spending time on those activities that are enjoyable, but a big part of it is our mindset during that time that is paying attention, as you said, being in the present um, so that you're not missing out on, as you said, the time with your younger son being at his um, games or even just being with him, right? That there's so much happiness actually available to us in the time that we're already spending. But so often 
we miss out because we're not paying attention and we're not noticing and our minds are somewhere else, stressed out about what's next, planning for what's next, thinking about, <laughs> in your case, your other son, and um, the stress is there. Um, but there's a lot of happiness that could come from drawing our attention to the here and now and noticing the goodness that is right there in front of us and the time that we're spending. Uh, I know you talk a lot about this in your book, but maybe you should could give our listeners some suggestions on how really they can design their schedule with purpose. How do they do that? Yeah, I mean, there's so many pieces to it. Um, but the first part is identifying what are those activities that actually are really worthwhile um, to you. And there's several exercises to help folks do that. One is time tracking. So in research, what we do is to identify what are those sort of best ways of spending time. We look at how people are, what activities fill their days and how they feel during their days. So we can pull out on average, what are those activities that are associated with the more positive emotion? What are those that are associated with more negative emotion? And what you see in the research is that on average, our happiest activities are those that are socially connecting, those that are spending time with family and friends. Um, but that's on average. And of course, not all times that you're socializing feel all that connecting. So I encourage folks to actually track their own time over the course of a week, writing down what they're doing. And as importantly, as they come out of that activity rate on a 10 point scale, how they feel. And then granted, it is tedious to do the time tracking, but it's so worthwhile because at the end of the week, you have this fantastic personalized data set that you can look and see like, okay, for me, my activities that lead to greater happiness are X. And what's actually interesting, so I teach a course, Applying the Science of Happiness to Life Design among uh, our MBA students at UCLA. And there's a lot of surprises in in one's data. Like one student, he was like, you know, some of these activities that I think are really the things that I enjoy, like watching TV, looking at his ratings, actually weren't that fun. And then other activities that he dreaded, like exercise and socializing, he was giving nines and tens, you know, out of the 10 point skill. And so there's a lot of learning that can be done by not by tracking your time and recognizing that some of these things that we think are, are fun activities, like social media is one of these things that, um, a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking that as sort of their fun time, um, but in the effects on people's moods and emotions actually can be um, pretty mediocre, if not negative. Um, and so being aware of, okay, what are those activities that um, bring bring the our most fulfilling and our most worthwhile and bring greatest happiness? But then, as I said, not just recognizing it. And the important point is also to sort of put those into your schedule, carve out time, protect time for these things that bring you joy. But also when you're spending the time <laughs> paying attention um, so that you're not moving through it, rushing and thinking about what's next. And also having put it into your schedule is, some, is helpful too, because you're like, okay, this is the time for this, you know, this is the time that you're going to be spending time, you know, with your younger son, 
Um, and knowing that that's, that's the purpose of the, you know, those hours, it's like, okay, I meant to be here. I plan to be here, not thinking about what's coming next and just settling in and being in the moment. I'm wondering what it is in our culture, because you see young people do this as well, what it is in our culture that has created this, um, I don't know, more stressful environment and not enjoyment of really all the things that we're doing. Yeah. Well, part of it is that we are, our technology and phones are so helpful because they allow us to be really efficient. We can always be getting things done. And as a consequence, we feel like we always should be getting things done. Um, and so with that pressure of uh, like, also um, in this realm of time management, the goal always seems to be about efficiency. How much can you get done as quickly as possible? And this sense of like busyness and checking things off your list suggests that you are important and productive. Um, But the consequence of that is if you're just sort of your goal is being efficient, that instead of what's worthwhile, then it does sort of move us through our activities as opposed to letting us be in our activities. Also, not only do our phones allow us to get things done at every moment and make us feel like we should get things done at every moment, through social media, we can constantly see what other people are doing at that moment. Um, And that is drawing our attention towards other people's experiences. And of course, it's not a representative sample of their lives. It's just their happiest, most smiley moments, right? For sure. Um, And so through our tendency of social comparison, by seeing other people's sort of constant happiness and perfect and fun experiences, meanwhile, you know, you're on your couch or in line somewhere um, on your phone, it's like, obviously not every moment is going to be fun in your life and it will make you feel worse. So it is the efficiency that a t- technology affords. Um, and I'm not saying that it's not useful. It's absolutely useful, but we need to be more um, deliberate and thoughtful about sort of turning that off, literally, you know, making some time, no phone zones, um, but also turning off that mindset of the constant doing so that there are times that we can sort of settle in and be in the moment, which is exactly what the treat your weekend like a vacation helps us do. It's that sort of reminder to shift into this other gear um, of being present. All right. So what would you like to leave people with? Uh, what What is the best way for them to really start on kind of this journey to enjoy their time more? Yeah. Well, I my book, Happier Hour, How to Beat Distraction, Expand Your Time and Focus on What Matters Most, pulls together all of my research as well as that of others in the field to apply these empirically-based insights so that folks can um, make more of their time, not in terms of getting more done necessarily, but spending time on those things that matter and being in that time so that you make the most of that time, um, and are happier as a consequence. So I would say read or listen to happier hour, which, um, will help. Cassie, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks so much for having me. 
My guest today has been Cassie Holmes, who is a professor of marketing and behavioral decision-making at the UCLA Anderson School of Management and author of Happier Hour, How to Beat Distraction, Expand Your Time, and Focus on What Matters Most. Thank you for joining us today for Let's Get Moving. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so that you can stay updated on all of our latest episodes. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.